I know it sounds crazy, but it's true. Week three in the NFL is enough to determine what teams can get to the playoffs and what teams can't. Three games into the season, we can tell by history what teams are already eliminated from playoff contention. And there's one coach, if he loses on Sunday, his his fate is already sealed. He may not be fired immediately, but he's definitely done. We'll get into all of that. Teams that are 2-0 and and yet still vulnerable. It's Chris, it's Ash, it's Honorado and Miller. Uh, We are coming down the home stretch certainly for Major League Baseball's regular season. 10, 11 games to go as we do the show live on a Thursday night. Giants and 49ers will make a very quick pick on that. We know if you're watching on TV over the weekend, that game is already over. And Aaron Rodgers is talking about coming back in the 23-24 season. Realistic or not? Let's get going. This is Honorado and Miller, sponsored by Alpen House. And a shout out to all of our local business partners here on the show, supporting us each and every single week. All right, Ash, week three in the NFL season is pivotal. Big, big games, and there's a matchup of two 0-2 teams that is critical. And so if you tell me these are two bad teams, why would you want to watch it? Because it'll determine that team's fate the rest of this season. 0-3 teams do not make the playoffs in this league. We'll get into that. We've got Glenn Clark, the general manager and head coach of the Albany Firewolves on the show after three first-round picks and really only a month away from training camp and all that stuff getting going for uh, the team, the NLL here locally. And we've got comedian Steve Trevino going to join us. He's at the Egg a week from tonight. That's Thursday, September 28th. We'll talk with him. Funny, funny guy. Uh, A guy brave enough to base pretty much all of his stand-up on his wife. Boy. I'll tell you how brave. That's rough. Say how brave Steve Trevino (laughs) is. He'll join us coming up here in a little bit. But let's dive into the NFL stuff here because like I've been saying, it's a huge, huge week. Oh, and two teams. Here they are. There are nine of them. Now, last year, eight of the 14 playoff teams started either one and one or oh, and two. So you haven't dug yourself an insurmountable hole if you're oh, and two, but oh, and three, forget it. Vikings host the Chargers, two oh, and two teams on Sunday. Big, big matchup. And I don't care if the teams at this point are bad, it's interesting enough that I'll be locked into that one for sure. What team on the list here? at 0-2, is most likely to make the playoffs? Uh, For me, it's the Bengals. It's a team that historically, since Joe Burrow has started, hasn't had great starts to seasons, and yet they always seem to figure it out. He's 1-6 or 1-7 in his team's first two two games games of the season. season. It's crazy. So, yeah, in the four seasons he's started, he's been 0-2 three times and 1-1 once. Wow. Um, Including last year, 0-2. Yeah. yeah. So, for me, it's not a worry. Uh, It just seems like it takes them a little while to get going. Mm -hmm. Um, So, that one for me is the the slam dunk, but my other pick would be the Chargers. The Chargers who are 0-2, who I picked to make the playoffs, who I think Mm -hmm. have the ability, but I also think maybe that's the guy you were talking about, a seat getting hot. Uh, it's already hot. Brandon Staley, I mean, if, if they lose in Minnesota on Sunday, he's done. I don't know when it comes, but he is definitely done. A little bit of a roll call here. Sam, good evening, buddy. Carol, yes, greetings to you. This has got to be our guy, Nate, 
Mohawk at Mohawk Chevy, Chevy uh, who does great things for their social media. Anytime you see some good content there, social media-wise, Chevy me. and Honda with Mohawk, Nate is the guy I'm getting some training with behind me. that. Uh, Sam says Cincinnati, too. Um, yeah, I would agree, Sam. Most of the teams right on this list just aren't very good. Right? Like the, the Vikings Texans are another. Aren't good. The, the Bears aren't good. The Panthers aren't good. The, the, Car- the Cardinals aren't good. you got four teams of the nine that just aren't simply aren't good. Right. Um, Patriots have been competitive in their games, mm-hmm. and I think they win on Sunday. We'll get into our week three picks coming up on the show here in a little bit as well. Um, Broncos are not done yet because they've played good first halves, and then they fall apart completely in the second half. Wild Hail Mary on Sunday, oh, by the way, God, and almost crazy. a two-point conversion yeah. to send that thing to overtime. Uh, Vikings were really good last year, but they played razor yeah. thin margin games. They had to come back in so many of those that this is a league that evens itself out a little bit. And that's why to me, they're Owen two because they just kind of covered up a lot of the issues last year. They actually weren't that good of a football team. And we're seeing a play out now, but it wouldn't surprise me again. They'd probably be the third team on that list for me. It would go Bengals, Chargers, Vikings, if they somehow got into the playoffs, just because I think that division is a little bit wide open and I don't know that they're bad. Like they've got one of the most talented receivers on the planet in Justin Jefferson. Mm-hmm. So I think they always have a chance with him. Yep. So it wouldn't surprise me if they start 0-2 and sneak into the yeah. playoffs. You know, look, if if ever a time a team started 0-3 and made the playoffs, it may be the NFC North this year. Sure. Um, you know, I love my Packers, but the Bears aren't good. Um the Vikings obviously are 0-2 and, and very questionable. And everybody was on the Lions to start the year. Mm-hmm. but they. I just think they're still good. No doubt. Yeah. No doubt. Tough game on, on Sunday for them, or at least an interesting game with them against the Falcons uh, on Sunday. Rockman's going with the Panthers. Yeah. Okay. Maybe That's no Bryce Young on Sunday. Yeah. So here's the deal on Bryce Young. Ankle injury hasn't practiced the last two days. That's Wednesday and Thursday. And the team is prepared to go to Seattle without him. Already like the Seahawks big time. Yeah. Actually, I think I like the Seahawks at home in this game more like- if Young were playing, yeah. as opposed to the veteran and Andy Dalton, who I think travels better. Yep. You know, not going to turn the ball over. You wouldn't think in that in that environment. He's seen it all and, and probably plays a steadier game than Bryce Young. Not a lot of explosive plays already out of Bryce Young to begin his career anyway. So I don't know that he scares you. Um, he feels like he's just going to kind of be an accurate guy. He's a little, not a big arm, doesn't push the ball down the field, also doesn't have a lot of weapons. So um, no Bryce Young, it sounds like, on Sunday in Seattle for Carolina. When I saw Andy Dalton on the sidelines the other night, I thought, ooh, I kind of forgot he was there. Hmm. And then no Bryce Young, who better? There aren't many other than maybe like a Gardner Gardner Minshew type, but who better to have as a backup than a guy like Andy Dalton, who you just feel like is kind of – Slow and steady, been there, done that. Uh, I mean, you can't really ask for better in a backup than than Dalton. I think he gives them as good a chance as any. All right, I've already said I think the Patriots win on Sunday. Sam is pushing back. No way the Pats will beat the Jets this week. Jets are so much better, even with Zach at quarterback. They can't score points. Okay. Yeah. We need their defense to score all their points this season. Now, look, That's what I said. The when defense first, is good. When they, first and they still gave up 30 at Dallas. Yeah. Yep. And, and that's a good defense. Yeah. So this is, uh, I don't know. How about the flip side of it? Two and O teams. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. So give me the most vulnerable of the two and O teams here. 
I mean, for me, it's the commanders because they're commanders and it's the entire NFC South. It's the Falcons, the Saints, and the Bucks wow. just because I don't believe no in the division. division. What about you? Well, somebody's got to win that division, right? I, I mean, know, but... Which of the three... There are three, three teams sure. in the NFC East. Nobody would... Three teams in the NFC South. Certainly nobody would have seen that coming. Uh, I think the most vulnerable team here is the Buccaneers. Um, I don't know enough about Sam Howell at this point in his career for me to dismiss what they've done so far. But I've seen enough of Baker Mayfield to know this isn't going to last the entirety of a season. So I think the Bucs are the weakest of the bunch here. The weakest link. Yeah, I mean, the Falcons, you know, people don't love Desmond Ritter, but everything else around him seems to be really, really good um, in Atlanta. So I'm, I'll I'll take the Bucks here as the most vulnerable of the two. Whole divisions. Yeah, the whole division. <laughs> it's it's crazy. Whole division. The Commanders have made things now only two games, a little more difficult, right, in terms of forecasting that division and how the Giants maybe sure. fit into all of this. Niners are a 2-0 team. Giants are 1-1. One one. It's the Thursday night game. No Saquon Barkley for New York. It's a 10.5-point spread. To me, this is a complete stay away. I, it won't surprise me at all if the Giants cover. Certainly don't expect them to win. And it feels like maybe it's a 10-point game. 28-17, 27-17, something like that. Maybe the Giants don't even get to 17, and we're talking about a 30-14 to 14 game. I don't mm-hmm. know. But um, but this is asking a lot of, of a Giants team that has started really slow this yeah. year. Yeah, I mean, listen, they've looked better in some second halves. Um, and, and last week looked like a totally different team in the second half. I, I'm... Have you heard all the talk about was Brian Dable making the play calls and he denies making the play calls, but it seemed like a totally different team in the second half. They were lethargic and non-existent in the first half and somehow came to life and completed the biggest comeback in what, however many years it was. For the Giants? Since 21 plus points. Since 1949 or something like that. I mean, so that to me was great. I'm not convinced (laughs) after watching week one, I'm just not convinced that this Giants team is going to take that next step like a lot of people thought that they yeah. would. Yeah. Uh, okay, here's some injury news here, too, as Brian brings up. Uh, Cowboys could be the most vulnerable. No, no Trayvon Diggs now out for the year of the torn ACL. And I had that queued up here, Brian. I'm glad you, I'm glad you beat me to it here. It's a dominant defense in Dallas two games in. They lead the NFL with five turnovers and ten sacks, only ten points allowed total in two games. But, yes, how now is yeah. this defense affected – by the Diggs injury. They have Stefan Gilmore on the other side. He's not the same guy. No, but his numbers are pretty good this year. Yep, no doubt. And when you have that type of pass rush, um, you don't worry so much about the secondary. And maybe they really crank things up with Dan Quinn to try to get after the quarterback, knowing they're without Diggs Mm -hmm. on the back end of that defense, that Parsons becomes even more of a game wrecker and Lawrence up front. Um, So I don't know how big of it. I'm just a big deal. How big of a deal? I don't think it's as big of a deal because of how talented that that Dallas defense is. If he's on, if Trayvon Diggs is on the New York Giants, I think it's a game changing deal because he's far and away the best player on that defense. He's not even the best player on his own defense in Dallas. It's Micah Parsons by a long shot. So I just think you're not losing the best player on your defense. You're losing a very good one, but there are so many pieces around him. Uh, and don't get me wrong, they're going to go at whoever takes his place a whole lot more than they were going to go at Trayvon, because my guess is 
that they've targeted Gilmore even more than they've targeted Trayvon because people knew last year to stay away from him because he was going to pick off every ball you threw at him. So I, I just think it's not as big of a deal because they're the Dallas Cowboys and they have such a talented D. We'll get into the college football weekend here coming up. The Rockman already has a prediction His for favorite, Oregon yeah. and Colorado. Oh. That's a big number, 21 points, 21 and a half in some books. Um, not a lot of love for Colorado on the road against a top 10 opponent without Travis Hunter. Yeah. And I wonder how does Vegas view Hunter, who's maybe the, the best athlete in college football? Um, if he were healthy, is this a 10, 12 point spread? And they're saying Hunter's maybe worth more than a touchdown? Yeah, I, yeah maybe. Okay. I'm surprised it's right. that big of a number. Yeah, me too. But we'll get into the, the best games of, of the weekend in college football. A lot of people already throwing out what they can't wait to watch in terms of uh, Saturday with seven top 25 matchups. Glenn Clark, the GM, head coach of the Albany Firewolves on the way, and comedian Steve Trevino. But we'll take a quick time out here on Honorado and Company when we come back that college football slate. Teams, athletes, organizations. We're transforming the custom apparel industry through product and purpose. Claim your crown. You've heard of unsung heroes. The men and women of Nyscoba are the unseen heroes. For the past year, you've learned about our many charitable endeavors. Now it is my privilege to share with you the work performed by our members, the 20,000 state correction and law enforcement officers shielded from view. They work in difficult and dangerous conditions and are an extension of the police who protect our neighborhoods. Nyscoba honors New York's police and firefighters and salutes its own members who help deliver a peaceful night's sleep. And now, back to Honorado and Miller, sponsored by Alpen House. Alpen House, Saratoga Eagle, Performance Industrial, Nyscoba, Marcellas, and Navas. Shout out to all of them here on Honorado and Miller. I think I may have just gone back in Company. time with Honorado and It's not Company. that long ago in time. Well, it's more than a month at this point, so I should be better. My first show as a freelancer. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Ash officially done at News Channel 13. Saturday the uh, 16th was yeah. your last sportscast. Last sportscast. Sunday Sunday morning, my sports reel aired. So. How we feel? Oh, so you got Sunday. Yeah, I got too. a little bit of Sunday, yeah. Sunday oh. action. Yeah. Right. Uh, we feel good. Good. We feel good. Yeah. Okay. Uh, seven top 25 matchups in college football on Saturday. Must watch game of the day for you is what? Uh, Ohio State Notre Dame is up there. Because I want to know. This is always kind of how I feel when the season starts. I know. How, how legit is Notre Dame? Is Notre Dame? I, how did, I mean, right, right out of my right. mouth. Took well, the they're words big, right out because of my they're mouth. always they're always ranked in the top ten. Yeah. And then they, you know, it's a little unfair because under Brian Kelly, they won ten games every stinking year, and it was still like, yeah, but are they that good? And I get it because yeah. are they good enough to contend for the national championship? No, that's why he went to LSU. People, okay, he can recruit differently down there. Um, but a 10-win team every single year in South Bend is pretty darn good. Now, sure. were they good enough to beat the Ohio States and the Clemsons? No. No, they weren't. Right. But when you play an independent schedule, 
people have questions because they know they're not necessarily going to get your SEC opponents that are bang, 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 and you're going to have to prove yourself over and over. You can kind of choose, pick and choose your spots where you want to prove yourself. So you're saying Notre Dame's schedule maybe gives them three, four opportunities a year to prove they're legit. Yeah, and this is the first. And they look legit, but this is the first real team we're playing here that is going to very quickly, I think, decide you're going to know by halftime, is this a team that is going to contend this year or are they not? Because it's it will be that obvious. The Irish opened with Ohio State last year and they were more than in it at halftime and then they didn't really score at all in the second half um, and the Buckeyes ended up winning, but it wasn't uh, wasn't a blowout by any means. Uh, different quarterback situation now yep. in Columbus. Um, they've found their guy. They're going to stick with their guy, but it's the receivers that everybody's going to talk about. Certainly Marvin Always. Harris Jr. Is, <laughs> is the top of that list across college football, not just in this specific game. Sam likes Notre Dame to win. Okay. Uh, interesting little twist here. And if you're a fan of Notre Dame or just a college football historian, the Irish are going to wear the green jerseys on Saturday mm-hmm. night. And that either means really, really good things or really, 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 really bad So we've got things. the polar extremes. Yeah, I mean, I only remember one game in Notre Dame's history of my lifetime when they wear green of it being close, and that was the Bush-Push game. They came back the next year and wore green against USC again, and I think they lost like 35 or 38 nothing. Um, they got blown out in a bowl game against Colorado in the early 90s wearing green. You remember all this stuff. Because the green, they were eight and oh, <laughs> they were eight and because I don't wear them that often, you just kind of remember that Notre Dame was eight and oh in I don't remember what year, two thousand two or three. Ty Willingham was the head coach, yep. eight and oh at home, Boston College coming in unranked. I think the Eagles might have even been under five hundred. Notre Dame wore green. Why? I have no idea. You're eight and oh. You don't need any magic. Don't need any luck. And they lost to Boston College, and that was the end of the undefeated regular season, Ty Willingham was fired a year and a half later or something like that. So green is either really, really good or really, really bad. Yeah. We'll see. It's Marcus Freeman's, I believe, first time throwing on the green jerseys and Sam Hartman, obviously, his first time as well. So, And Brian makes the point here. I'm leading into Hartman. He makes the point. Legitimate QB. And I would say legitimate, like, passing quarterback. Yeah. They've had dual threat guys. Like, who are nice players, yeah. but but not even close to like, oh, this guy might get drafted. Hartman might be an NFL quarterback. Yeah. People are going to point to the size, and but he might be an NFL quarterback. Yeah, and when's the last time, and you could name him quicker than I could, that someone was preseason talking about a Notre Dame quarterback as a Heisman candidate? Brady Quinn, probably the last guy. And, and that, It's a long time ago. Yeah. It's uh, – not 20 years, years ago, ago, but yeah, 16 to 17 years ago. It feels it's, like a yeah, long time. And it's just one of those things. It's like Notre Dame quarterbacks. It, I don't know. It feels like they they win almost like despite them being kind of average ho-hum. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. Everett Golson was the quarterback when they went yeah. to that national championship game. Got blown out by Alabama. Brian's right, though. This is the first legitimate quarterback, it feels like, in yep. a while. And that's why I think you – you give Notre Dame a shot Saturday night against the Buckeyes. Okay, so you say maybe it's Ohio State, Notre Dame is, but but everybody is going to watch Colorado, Oregon. Sure. The Colorado, Colorado State ratings were unbelievable. I think it's like the highest rated game in ESPN two history, which is ridiculous. Um, it's 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 one of the most streamed games in history. This is the Coach Prime effect. Yeah, no doubt. Not only. Are college football fans tuning in, which many of them would do anyway, 
he clearly is bringing in fans who aren't football fans, people who aren't football fans, or maybe the NFL people who on a Saturday night are like, hey, I really only watch football on Sundays, but let me throw this down and see how it goes. So uh, that's the Coach Prime effect. I, that's a 3.30. Notre Dame's a 7.30. What time Syracuse plays Saturday? Can, Noon? can the Orange keep going? Stay undefeated at, against Army? I, mean, I it, think this, they will. This, this could be a, a sunrise to sunset kind of Saturday in college football. My first Saturday off, my first three-day weekend. Pretty well-timed. I am going to be loving this. Yeah, pretty well-timed. Uh, Iowa-Penn State is one. Brian says... First team First to 20. 20. Yeah, I know. I the I think I I think the over under is like 38. Playing something, in the mud. Something like that. Um, yeah. So all right. Uh I did say the rock man had a prediction in that game. Let me get it to you here. 55 21. Apparently. The number is well, there's no doubt. Oregon and Bo Nix will score a ton of points. This Colorado defense is not very good. Um and especially without Travis Hunter. Can the Buffalo score against the Ducks? They will. Um Take the over. Don't know what it is offhand, but I don't know. A thirty-four 76, point game, seventy-six and a half. Thirty-four point game feels like a lot, doesn't it? How much trouble are they in in Tuscaloosa here? I had somebody bring this up to me. I thought it was really interesting. We're now seeing the effect of NIL, the leveling off of college football, hmm. where Nick Saban is no longer guaranteed to get the Travis best. Hunter players every single year now this is a roster that still has the most four and five star recruits mm -hmm. on it in the country but those guys don't always pan out we know that and so this is now georgia lsu texas uh oregon hello phil knight um ohio state michigan or schools florida state that have the nil collective boosters that can now legally pay players and so Alabama's not going to be a dominant team I don't even think you're going to see a dominant team like Georgia's won the last two natties but will they win this year I don't think you're going to see consistently dominant teams because other schools can afford to pay players yeah. now legally and so it, it has leveled USC it has leveled things off across the country which I think is a good thing I love it it's not just going to be the it. SEC and maybe a Michigan or Ohio yeah. State. And this, I don't know that this means trouble in Tuscaloosa. I, the, we knew going in that they were kind of unsure of what they had at the quarterback position. I think he wanted to give everyone a legitimate chance to play in a college football game and quickly realize, listen, he said, I need, I need the person who's going to win the big game. Well, Jalen Milrow went out there and competed mm -hmm. with a Texas, Texas team. team. Yep. Buckner played terribly yep. in, against a much lesser opponent, though. Yep. So I think he quickly realized, like, Milrow's going to be the guy to give my chance the best team or mm -hmm. give my team the best chance to win. Yep. So you go with them. Whether or not they're going to win as many games as a typical Alabama team, I don't know. But he's your guy. 70 and a half, Brian says is the over-under number Ooh, in Oregon. Close. And you, what did you say? 70-something. Well, 76 just based on the oh. Rockman's prediction. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot. I think I still might go over. Oh, God, that's crazy. I mean, 35-35 gets you to 70, yeah. but you'd have to go with, you know, I, this Oregon's going to be in the 40s. Yeah. So Colorado's going to Colorado score three touchdowns yeah. without I, Travis Hunter. Though? Yeah, I think so. Okay, I mean he's their best I receiver mean, and their best. Yeah, but Shador Sanders player. is he's he's going to make some plays. He's going to make some plays for sure.
All right, we'll take a quick, quick break here. Only 30-second timeout on Honorado and Miller. When we come back, uh, Glenn Clark is the head coach and the general manager of the Albany Firewolves. He joins us after having made three selections in the first round of the NLL. Including the number one. the number one pick. Back right after this. I don't care what kind of stories that's been told on you. That may be a lot of things in life you used to do. If you can't give true love to me, I'll understand. Just do the best you can. The Globe Ultra, 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. And now, back to Honorado and Miller, sponsored by Alpen House. Back on Honorado and Miller, I'm joined by the head coach, Glenn Clark, with us now. The Albany Firewolves had uh, three picks in the top 20, 1, 14, and 17 in this week's uh, NLL draft. So a lot to be excited about for the future. Coach, it's good to see you, man. How are you? I'm great, Chris. Good to see you. Good to be back. Uh, good to be joining us from Vegas too, which is nice. You need a little bit of time away after you were, you know, cramming for the the draft picks in Toronto. Um, the number one pick, of course, is is the guy who gets all the attention. I know, and we'll touch on the other picks as well. But Dyson Williams, one more year at Duke, and then he comes to this franchise. Uh, felt like a slam dunk, coach. Why? Because he's going to be. I mean, he's one of those players that you know all teams have when they win. Right. You need that sort of, um, um, you know, that foundational offensive player in our league, mm-hmm. the Dane Smith, the Lyle Thompson's. And if you if you kind of go back and look at all the past champions, they all have that, you know, whether it's Mark Matthews, Lyle Thompson, Dane Smith, um, on and on and on. So yeah. you do need that that pillar on your offense. And he's certainly that. So uh, it, it was a no brainer. I mean, no, no disrespect to everybody else in draft, but. I think it was a clear – he was a clear number one in this draft. And the funny thing is I, I've literally known him since he was a baby. Right. Because right. I, I played with his dad when he was born um, in the summer ball in Canada as well in the NLL. So uh, I know the character of him, the family, and, and I've watched him basically kind of grow up from, from a distance. And, uh, yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a great kid as well. What uh, qualities does he get from dad? Well, he gets, I mean, his dad was obviously a high-end player. He was an yeah. offensive player. So he's got that sort of nose and, and, and brain for the offensive game. His mom was a, was an athlete and a soccer player. Cause he's quite an athlete. He's a, he's a big, strong kid, but he's, yeah. he's exceptionally athletic as well. So, you know, a lot of players you can talk about, you know, they're really good athletes and they need to work on their game IQ or they've got really good game IQ and they need to work on their athletic, you know, he's, a, he's got it all. Big, strong, athletic with with high, high end IQ. Lacrosse fans in the Capital Region got to see Dyson Williams and Duke when they came through uh, as part of the NCAA tournament. So I mentioned it. He's got one more year he can play at Duke, and he's going to. Uh, this is not new, though, for your draft strategy in terms of like, hey, even if they have a year of eligibility left, best player available on the board, we're going to take him. We can wait. Why is that something that you're comfortable doing? And maybe the franchise overall has said these players who we've drafted are they're good enough we're willing to wait 
Yeah, and it's this is the last year for it. So we're coming out of the COVID year. So thankfully, next year we don't have to do this anymore, where they get the extra year eligibility. It, it's such a balancing act because you, you you know that you need to be successful in real time. You know your product. You want to you know engage the fans with success. But we've had to we've had to force and preach patience because of the COVID situation. I mean, last year we picked those three players in the first round who are going to be phenomenal NLL players but you got to wait a year to see them. So uh, it, it is part of the building block. It is part of the foundational thing that we're doing. And, and, and you know, when we get all these guys, you know, we're going to be locked and loaded for the next two to seven years. So it's just the patience managing that as we go along, which is, is difficult for me as coach GM, because you, you know, you want to explode and get better right away, but sometimes you just gotta, you gotta take the prudent course. Yeah, you said three picks last year in the first round as well. Uh, they'll actually put on the Firewolves jerseys this year. Okay, the other two guys, 14 and 17, Nicholas Volkov, Zachary Young. Um, why in those particular spots did you feel like uh, those guys fit what you want to do best? Well, they they sort of fit into the opposite category of what I was just right. talking about. So they're playing now which is nice. So they were all eligible. Um, and, you know, when you have those, I mean, number one, you control your own fate. But when you get into 14 and 17, you're reactionary a little bit, mm-hmm. but you also are sort of realistic in what will get there. And we had both of those guys in that bubble of 14 to 17 with, with one other defender. So we were real happy if we could get two of those three, which we ended up doing. Uh, and, and they fit well for us, one, because they're – uh, Volkov just won the Minto Cup in Canada, which is the national championship. Uh, and we wanted some size, strength, and athleticism on the back end. He is, I mean, it was funny at the draft. Dyson's a big man. Like, Dyson is yeah. big, bigger than I am. Then we drafted Volkov. He's bigger than both of us. And then we drafted Young, and he's bigger than all three of us. So um, we got a lot of size. We got a lot of athleticism. And the nice thing about Volkov and Young is they're playing this year. So we needed some um, – we needed some strength and some uh, stability on the back end. And we got good high-end athletic box players, but but also big men. So it kind of checked all the boxes for us. There's already not a lot of space to work with, Coach. You put two monsters on the back end, it's going to make life difficult on the opponent, won't it? It is. And it's, you know, getting in the way sometimes is his own skill. I mean, you got to run a lot farther <laughs> to get around these guys. And, and nobody's running through them either. So you, you don't have to get into those emergency doubles where a guy gets knocked off balance. Like nobody's, these guys aren't going anywhere, which is nice. Yeah. Well, congrats on the draft. Uh, you're doing this on a little vacation time, but I appreciate it. So uh, we keep it brief for now, but uh, I know we'll dive deeper uh, as we get closer to the season with training camp. Uh, and then actually when, when games are played, man, thank you for doing this short notice. And, uh, and like I said, on vacation. Anytime, Chris. Tell us, say hi to Ash for uh, Ash for us. We miss her. Hope she's doing well. I will, buddy. Thanks, Clarky. See you, man. Okay. September is here, which means it's time to take advantage of huge savings on remaining 2023 RVs. It's our September sell-off here at Alpenhouse. Shop with confidence so you can get back to having fun and making memories with family and friends. Come in today and save on America's top brands, like this Coachman Catalina for $162 a month, or this Primetime Avenger for $258 a month. Shop online at alpenhouserv.com or come see us in Amsterdam or Saratoga. Alpenhouse, your total camping outfitter. You've heard of unsung heroes. The men and women of Nyscoba are the unseen heroes. For the past year, you've learned about our many charitable endeavors. 
Now it is my privilege to share with you the work performed by our members, the 20,000 state correction and law enforcement officers shielded from view. They work in difficult and dangerous conditions and are an extension of the police who protect our neighborhoods. NYSCOBA honors New York's police and firefighters and salutes its own members who help deliver a peaceful night's sleep. And now, back to Honorado and Miller. Sponsored by Alpen House. Always good to have Clarky, as I now like to call yeah, him. Yeah, affectionately know him as. Always good to have Clarky. He's the best. On with us here on Honorado and Miller. Yeah. Um, look, big year coming for them, right? And I know it's kind of like big year next year, too, because that's when Dyson Williams mm -hmm. will play. But you just heard Coach say three first-round picks last year, and none of them suited up for right. the Firewolves. And now they're going to play. They will this year. So does that make yeah. them – what were they, 3-15 and 15 last yeah, year, it, I think? Yep. It'll be a very different-looking team this year. Okay. Good. A lot of new players to familiar familiarize yourself with. Uh, hopefully some offense, which they struggled yep. at times. Offense. Offense. Yep. Losing Joe Joe Rez, uh, mm -hmm. they kind of tried to figure it out, and then injuries decimated that team too. So uh, we'll see. Steve Trevino, the very, very funny comedian, still to come on the show here. We've got our NFL picks, our performance industrial, dirty, difficult, done as well. Rockman wants to know, are you still working for the Firewolves? As far as I know. Yeah. <laughs> I think the answer to that I is, think so. is yes as well. How did we do last week? Um, <laughs> treading water to start the year. The yeah. first few weeks are tough. Feeling things out. Spreads are a little what uncertain. What happens in week 10 when we're still tanking? What do we first say then? 10 weeks are tough. <laughs> Got to get into the second half of the season to really know what we're doing. The season was tough. It yeah. was unexpected. Yeah. Well, I, this is what I said to everybody. The NFL is brutal. Yeah. People who can make money betting the NFL really Especially do their homework. The spread. Really do their homework. It's hard. It's not easy. No. So I'm right at 500. Ash is a game better than that. First game of the weekend for us, Patriots and the Jets. New England is a two and a half point favorite, to which I would usually say take the home dog, but not with Zach Wilson at quarterback. Zach Wilson has played so poorly against New England in his career that I just am not going to trust him in this spot. I'm on the Patriots. I'm not saying it's a blowout at the Meadowlands, but I, New England goes in and wins. Mac Jones is playing some good football. New England wins. Yeah, I think so too. And they're going to start playing a little bit desperate football because they, they want to win. Um, but And let me tell you something. The first Wilson pick, and there will be one, that place is going to start raining booze down oh, no on this. It, it it this season, I and I I still believe you let Wilson play the entire way because the worst thing that happens, Ash, is you you don't make the playoffs, but you have a top five pick and you find out about Zach Wilson, right? Like I just don't want to waffle anymore on this guy. Let him play. If he stinks up the joint, he's done. Rogers comes back. You get a really good pick. That, that's kind of a win-win, if you ask me. I know the future of the position. Yeah. And I'm getting a good pick. I think the I think the hard part is is they think they're a quarterback away from being a deep playoff team, and you're gonna let him just tank it if you could maybe find somebody else who could do the job. But who are you gonna find that's gonna you know, that's no. a good quarterback. A real upgrade. That, right. it's, I, I mean, a real upgrade from Zach Wilson, yes. But maybe. there's going to be nobody, even half the level of an Aaron Rodgers. Bills and Commanders. I'm on Washington here because this is where I go home dog. So I'm do. I'm on the Commanders here. Listen, they've, they've got a ferocious defensive line. Uh, you get a guy like Chase Young back. 
Montez Sweat, like mm -hmm. that, they can get after the quarterback. Mm -hmm. So I think they will do that. I just think top to bottom, uh, the Bills are too talented to not win by a touchdown. Touchdown. Okay. All right. Uh, Chargers and Vikings. We've talked about this game already. Push. Two zero and two teams. And Who you're wins? right. It's it's a it's a no spread. I'm Some folks have it as minus one in Minnesota's favor, but I like the home team here. Eckler still uncertain. I'm just I'm going with the home team yeah. here and. Yep. And L.A. playing an early game. It's a 1 o'clock game Eastern. Just feels like the Chargers are going to potentially sink quickly here with Staley. Yeah, and then play their way. What, whoever loses plays their way basically out of the playoffs, like we said. The Monday night game, Eagles and Bucks. I, I, I'm mm -hmm. surprised by you here, Tampa. Uh, mm -hmm. you, you like them mm -hmm. to, to cover the 5.5, though, at home. Home dog. Uh, I mean, I get it. It's just a touchdown. But – I feel like at some point Philadelphia is going to play to its potential. Yeah. And I think maybe, maybe it happens Monday night. Yeah. And maybe Baker takes that step back. Plays to its potential and they're still winning games. Yeah. Right. Right. Correct. So here's how it looks. We're different in two games. I like when we're different. Washington for me, Buffalo for you, Tampa for you, Philly for me. Ash has the one game lead right now going uh, in the season standings. Six and four, two, five, and five. Take another quick time out here, just 30 seconds away. We're talking with Steve Trevino, the very, very funny comedian, brave enough to make his wife the butt of all his jokes. He's come to the egg on September 28th. Back right after this. Appliance Center, our commitment is to you, providing essential appliances that families depend on for cooking, refrigeration, cleaning, and sanitation, plus appliance repair. You can have peace of mind that Marcellus is here for you today and every day, like we have been since 1957, helping you make the right choice with trusted brands like Whirlpool, Maytag, KitchenAid, and many more. Shop Marcellus Appliance Center in-store, online, or by phone. We're here for you. And now, back to Honorado and Miller, sponsored by Alpen House. Back on Honorado and Miller, those of you who know the show know I do this show with my wife. Uh, but the guy we're talking to next uh, has much more experience with doing these types of things with his wife. He's more brave than I am because I don't come up with nicknames the way Steve Trevino has come up with nicknames for his wife. We'll dive into that with him. The very, very funny comedian is coming to the egg in Albany Thursday, September 28th. Get your tickets. We'll tell you how to do that uh, as we talk with Steve. And let's bring him into the conversation now. Steve Trevino with us on Honorado and Miller. Steve, thanks for doing the show, man. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. I didn't realize you did this show with your wife. People have no idea how hard it is to work with your wife. People don't know that, that they, when you work with your wife, they're the boss at home, but they don't know how to turn off being the boss at work. So you end up with the boss basically everywhere. And we are, you know, like a 95% sports talk show. So imagine the debates there. We're on opposite sides of our fandoms. And I've asked other people, give me some advice on how to pretend like I've won the debate without really trying to win the debate, you know? Well, one of my favorite specials is called I Speak Wife because, you know, I have come up with the trying to explain to young men that don't quite understand how to speak wife, you know, like, like if your wife says you can do whatever you want, that absolutely means do not do whatever you want, mm. right? 
So if, if she comes to you and says, hey, I'm hungry, are you? The answer is yes, I am also hungry. You don't have yeah. to be hungry, but if she forms it, and it's always a question. You know, then my wife always forms things as a question. You know, do you think this living room needs to be cleaned up? Well, I, I guess I'm cleaning the living room, right? So uh, I, I try to give I've, that advice to young men. That's a good one. I've played this game, uh, which is fun with my wife, Ashley, where she has told me many times over the years, I'm always right or always agree with me. I think is always agree with me is usually the way it goes. And so when she self-criticizes, I then agree, which I thought was always agreeing but that's the one time when you don't you, agree. you don't agree right yeah. it, it's like my wife's phrase is i would agree with you but then we would both be wrong <laughs> you know and, and i always tell my i tell my wife like i, I tell people because me and my wife are complete opposites i mean we could not be any any different yeah. you know and every once in a while she does agree with me and i don't know what to do you know and then she'll go well no i, I go what do you mean and she, you want me to do what i want to do and then she'll go, well, you know, go be happy. And I'm like, you don't understand. I don't want to be happy. I want to be with you. <laughs> it's, it's not. <laughs> but, you know, that's what, I mean, that's what I love about my stand-up. You know, my, my stand-up is my wife, my kids, my family. Yep. The, the things that we go through on a day-to-day -day basis from the struggles of being married to the struggles of being parents, raising kids in this world that we live in, you know, so it's all very real. I always tell people like the things that happen at home end up on stage. So there are times that me and my wife are in a complete argument and then the argument breaks because we both start laughing because she knows I'm gonna put it on stage. So when she starts dating and then marries a comedian or, or an aspiring comedian, wherever, whatever stage it was in your life, then did she know she would become the subject of a lot of your stand-up routine? And then did you have to tread lightly? Did you have to did you have to run stuff by her before it ended up on stage? Well, no, you know what? I'm I'm very lucky. My wife is also a performer. Um, she yep. went to NYU to study acting and, and performing. So she completely well, number one, I have a very strong wife with very thick skin and, and she's a very confident woman and and she's in on the joke. I, I think if she wasn't in on the joke or didn't enjoy, no. um, you know, the, the sense of humor that we both have. And I also think that that is a success of our marriage is that we do have a sense of humor and that we do laugh. So I've never had to run things by her. Um, she is my she is my muse in a sense that that she also keeps me on track. You know, sometimes I write a joke or or say something and she'll come to me and say, hey, it seems really chauvinistic or are that's not a really good joke, you know, because of this, this, and this. So, yeah. you know, and I trust her female perspective and my act, I try to really balance the, the balance between the male perspective versus the female perspective. And, and if anything, she's a huge part of keeping that balance. As a matter of fact, I'm filming a new Netflix special uh, on November 24th, 25th in San Antonio, Texas. My wife's the producer and director. So she is going to direct and produce. And, and as much as I make fun of her, I need her there. And I need her to give me that balance. So this goes back to something you said to the, to the beginning of the conversation here. Still the boss, director, the boss. producer. Director, producer, she is still above me. <laughs> she still makes the final decision. I don't get to make the decision. Uh, and you know, the funny part too, and I don't know how, how long you've been married, but 
nothing makes me laugh harder than these these like hardcore single dudes that are like, bro, that's why I don't get married, dude. You, bro, you're gonna let a woman tell you what to do? Yep. I would not. You need a woman to tell you what to do because obviously you're an idiot, and obviously <laughs> I am still alive today because I have a woman making decisions for me. So it, it is definitely a balance. So I said, you know, my wife and I do the show, which is primarily sports. I laugh at the guys who look for excuses to get away from their wives just so they can go watch sports. And I, I think to myself all the time, you're doing this wrong. Find a woman who wants to share in the things that you love to do. And if it's watching sports, then, then great. And it just, now you have more of a reason to spend time together because let's face it, you should enjoy being around that person if you're going to get married or date the person, whatever well, it is. Those so, are the same idiots, right? What, what do you watch yes. with your chick, bro? Right, like, right. Yeah, I, I can't sit with my wife and enjoy a show. And, and you know, I look, forgive us for actually love. Be, I love being around my wife. I prefer to be around my wife. And I always tell people, my life does not change whether she's with me or not. Right. You know, at, you know, Albany, for example, there's a casino after the show. That's where I'm going. I'm going to have a drink and my wife would be right there with me, you know, and yep. so nothing changes whether she's with me or not. And, and that's another thing that I love about what I do as, as a stand-up comedian is that, you know, number one, it makes people see my show and go, Hey, we're normal. And number two, people see the love that I have for my wife and vice versa. And, and to me, you know, my act is, is marriage therapy, mm. you, you know, and, and it is one of those things for me that's really special. And I think that, Nobody, there's very few comedians in this country anymore that are, that are doing family humor. You know, I don't do politics. I don't do religion. Yeah. I don't, I, I talk about my life and I live in Texas and I live a very normal life. You know, my neighbor, my, my neighbor's a, a detective and my other neighbor works for a tech company. And, you know, I don't live in Hollywood. I don't live that Hollywood life. I cut my own yard. You know, <laughs> I, I, I coach little league. You know, my life is very normal. And I bring that to the stage, and I think it's a breath of fresh air, in my opinion. All right, I'm making some mental notes I want to loop back to here in a moment. But um, when you see Steve at Rivers Casino in Schenectady after his show at the Egg in Albany, buy the man a drink or give him a $100 chip, whatever it is, to you know to let him play at, uh, at the tables. Uh, again, September 28th, all the information is on your screen, scrolling at the bottom, best way to get tickets to see the guy uh, at the Egg. You already said it, the Netflix special, we threw it up. I Speak Wife, you've got another one coming. You're going to shoot uh, in the fall. Busy, busy guy. You do the podcast with the wife as well, Renee. Um, a ton going on here. Um, I want to talk about one thing you do philanthropically, though, which is a really, really what I think is cool here, and it's called Helicopters for Heroes. For people who don't know a lot about this organization, Steve, you've raised more than, a, you've raised more than $1.5 million for this organization where did you find out about it? Why are you so passionate about it? Well, I'm very passionate about it because, you know, my father's a Vietnam vet. And if there's any Vietnam vets out there, you know, first of all, welcome home because they got a horrible welcoming. Yeah. So welcome home. Um, and that is where my passion for veterans came from was with my dad and, and the fact that he absolutely loves this country, but is it, it is impossible for him to get his benefits. It's impossible for him to deal with the VA and, you know, we have to stop waiting for our politicians to take care of our veterans and we have to do it ourselves. So uh, we started Helicopters for Heroes. I joined about seven, eight years ago. I am now a board member. Um, and, you know, what we do is throughout the year, we're raising money. 
And then at the end of the year, we invite a bunch of um, veterans to come hang out with us and our sponsors and fly in helicopters and uh, eradicate hogs uh, out of those helicopters here in Texas. And through that, we have been able to get homeless veterans off the streets. Last year, we sent 18 World War II veterans back to Normandy, all expenses mm. paid. You know, wow. this year we're gonna send 20 Vietnam veterans back to Vietnam, all expenses paid so that they can have closure, so that they can go back to a place that they were there very young, very scared, right. and go back and see this place. So, you know, on top of golf tournaments and all the things we do, barbecue cook-offs, uh, we're also giving wheelchairs, you know, these huge automatic wheelchairs that, you know, these men and women, they want to coach Little League, they want to hunt, they want to fish, and they can't do it in their manual wheelchair. So we give them these beautiful tank wheelchairs where they can go off road and go do whatever they want. So, you know, it is my passion. Um, and I always tell people selfishly, it fills my soul. Um, I feel very, very lucky and blessed to tell jokes for a living. And this is my way to say, hey, I appreciate all the things that have been given to me in this country and I wanna give it back. You're wearing some red, white, and blue, but it's not an American flag. It's also not a Paps Blue Ribbon t-shirt, which I thought it was. Uh, show that off to the crowd. Trophy husband. Now, did you gift this to yourself or did your wife actually get that for you? My wife, my wife got it because she thought it was hilarious. We were, we were walking through the MGM Grand on one of my weekends that I was performing there. And she walks into the green room where I was about to perform. And she goes, I have the shirt for you. And I said, okay, what is it? And then she got this shirt and it said trophy husband, which is, which is, is really funny because I look like what I look like. Right. But, um, and one of my famously TikToks that went viral, one of my favorite jokes is where I tell these girls, I say, all you young women in your twenties, lower your expectations, right? Stop looking. Oh, I want them to be tall. I want them to be rich. I want them to have abs. And I'm like, sorry, honey. Right. <laughs> It's not going to happen, right? If, if you really, truly want to be rich, find a man that works hard, find a man that cares about you and your family more than he cares about himself. And that is a true trophy husband. And that's what I try to be. I try to care about my family more than I care about myself. And humor goes a long way, right? I mean, oh. I mean, a, a guy yeah. who's got a, a funny pickup line does better than the the clowns out there. Really oh, believe trying. me, people ask me all the time. They go, "How you know? How funny are you?" And I just point at my wife and I go, "Look, there's no way in a million years if I wasn't funny that I end up with that girl." You know, my wife is stunning and beautiful and smart and classy. And the only reason I got her that I got her is because I had punchlines. That's the only reason. Do umpires and referees find you funny at little league uh, games? Sometimes, sometimes they're like. Oh my God, Steve Trevino, the comedian. Hi, how are you? And then other times I'm so intense when it comes to baseball that they're like, man, that guy's a jerk. Like he's not funny at all. So it, it does go, it does go too far. But I mean, it is fun. And, and you know, with all the TikTok success, yeah. um, all these people doing my voiceover, you know, it's my voice that makes people come over. So I'll be coaching 8U travel ball and I'm screaming at the kids. And then all of a sudden these people are coming over going, I know that voice. Oh my God, that's Steve, you know? So the, you know, TikTok has been a huge part of my success. Um, the funny bone right there in Albany, 
you know, yeah. they, they used to have me all the time. I want to thank them because I would not have been able to move up to theaters without them, you know? So I'm so excited to come to Albany. I'm so excited to be you folks' entertainment because all those people that wake up every day and truly work for a living, I would like to entertain them because I appreciate them. Last thing, and I'll let you go, man. Um, even though so much of your humor is centered on, you know, you making fun of your wife or your wife making fun of you, right? And you telling stories through that prism. Uh, I'm curious, like, we, we, I think most people would think this is comedy that's driven towards a male audience. But I wonder, like, when you're on the road and you're looking out at the crowd and you're telling these jokes, do you feel like you get just as many laughs from women who are probably thinking, that's my idiot husband at home too? When I looked at my analytics and I found out that my fan base is 70% female, it wow. blew my mind. Blew Because I thought, here I am talking about the frustrations of me and my wife and basically complaining. I thought men were going to come to me and go, that's my guy. You know, look, honey, he complains about his wife. You're the same. <laughs> it's the opposite where the women go, look, honey, you're normal. Uh -huh. Look, honey, stop complaining this guy is happily married to this girl and deals with the same BS that we yeah. deal with. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> it, it is, it is truly surprising to find that out. And, and I have learned over time that even on my social media, anytime I post something, me and my wife, it is way more successful than when I post, you know, me fishing or, yep. you know, me out with the guys or me watching football or, you know, they want to see the relationship. And that's why we did our podcast. Um, Stephen, Captain Evil, my wife. And as a matter of fact, I'm jumping from this right to the podcast because we wanted people to see the real relationship. I love that. Uh, some some good things were actually born of, from the pandemic. We can uh, have 2020 to thank for a lot of this material, Steve. Uh, at The Egg in Albany, Thursday, September 28th, theegg.org slash events. An easy way to get tickets or just go to Steve's website and check out more of him. Steve Trevino. Dot com. He's all over Amazon, Showtime, Netflix, YouTube. TikTok. TikTok. You got to be on TikTok. Thank you, man. Can't wait to see you on the 28th, dude. Uh, really appreciate you doing the show. I appreciate you, and I hope to meet you in person. Maybe you and your wife can come out and hang out in the green room with me. For sure. Teams. Athletes. organizations. We're transforming the custom apparel industry through products and purpose. Claim your crown. You've heard of unsung heroes. The men and women of NYSCOBA are the unseen heroes. For the past year, you've learned about our many charitable endeavors. Now it is my privilege to share with you the work performed by our members the 20,000 state correction and law enforcement officers shielded from view. They work in difficult and dangerous conditions and are an extension of the police who protect our neighborhoods. NYSCOBA honors New York's police and firefighters and salutes its own members who help deliver a peaceful night's sleep. And now, back to Honorado and Miller. Sponsored by Alpen House. All right, Ash, we're running on Wi-Fi fumes here. For some on strange reason. Honorado and Miller, maybe back better, yeah. <laughs> uh, thanks to Steve Trevino 
for hanging out, joining the show. Funny guy. Um, I mean, material. I, I, I love the the candor, right? That yeah. just, hey, my wife is in on the jokes. She thinks this stuff is funny. That when, makes it good. When I laugh at her and she laughs at me. And and we know that very, very well. You usually do most of the laughing at me. But that's I the don't way it laugh. goes. Well, you don't like to laugh. Sometimes you do laugh. No, I like to laugh. I just don't do it very often, I guess. Hmm. Okay. Incapable of laughter, perhaps. Or you're not funny. Boy, that cuts deep. <laughs> and now, Dirty, Difficult, and Done. Sponsored by Performance Industrial. Bill Miller, Sean Wilcox, and a great group up at uh, Performance Industrial. We're not even into the month of October yet, and this group has raised more than $40,000 for the fight against breast cancer. They do it every Unreal. single year. So a shout-out to that great team up there doing big, big things uh, for uh, Breast Cancer Awareness Month, which uh, we haven't even started yet. Not yet. But they're raising but awareness almost. all year long. All right, Ash, you're up. All right, my dirty, difficult, done. J.J. Watt Watt calls his brother T.J. the best defensive player on the planet on Twitter. Difficult to agree with. I pose it as a question because I'm not entirely sure. I think immediately you call it into question because of guys like Micah Parsons, who we talked about. A guy like Aaron Donald, who seems to have a little bit of a revival this year. Sauce Gardner and Trayvon Diggs in in the secondary – but for me, it's Micah Parsons that causes, I think, the most maybe question marks, unless in the age gap is significant between the two. But Watt became the Steelers' all-time leading sack, uh, all-time sacks leader, mm-hmm. passing James Harrison. Mm-hmm. The thing for me is like the numbers are eye-popping. In seven years, he surpassed what Harrison did in 14. It's kind of hard to believe, but Parsons is basically on the same, if not a faster trajectory than Watt. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is a little bit of brotherly love, which yeah. I can appreciate. I That's it. all good. But yeah. uh, when you break a franchise record yeah. that belongs to the Pittsburgh Steelers, that's pretty darn good. Same would be for the Cowboys, though, too. Both historic franchises. Yeah. All right, were the hits on Travis Hunter and Nick Chubb dirty? Micah Fitzpatrick is defending himself after Chubb got bent over. Oh, that was a nasty oh, injury. That's one of the worst. I've it was seen dirty to look at. The yeah, hit wasn't dirty. The yeah. hit in Colorado State, Colorado, that was a dirty hit. The but safety it's a college coming kid. up, it felt like he saw the yeah. ball, knew it wasn't caught, and still took a shot at Travis Hunter. You know what's dirty? So I go one for two here on this. The death threats against the kid. No doubt. I mean, come on, people. Well, listen. It's sports. Fans in general are complete idiots, but I think even more so at the collegiate level. 